Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're excited to jump into this book, the new book. We're excited. Um, And also for the Bressy family, we got a little TLC for you guys, a little 20% off discount promo code just for you guys, just for you guys, if you'd like to grab a copy of that um, in its various forms. But we we believe that this is going to encourage and, you know, that's rich in God's word. It is rich in stories, uh, some good stories, some bad stories, and a little bit everywhere in between. We'll share some of those here today. Um, and this is good whether you're married right now, you're dating, or you're preparing for dating, preparing for marriage. Uh, a lot of great resources in here. And we have a biblical dating guide included at the end as well. And why do I say biblical dating? Um, it doesn't mean you have to use Christianese while you're dating. It doesn't mean it's weird. It just means that you, you submit your life to God's word, just like we want to do in every area of our life. And when you date in a way that honors God, then you're able to honor each other differently and it actually sets you up for marriage. Well, we talked more about this in the first service. We're kind of doing a part one part two, because you can't get through 12 in one service. It's just... No, it's impossible. Not possible. And actually, even so, you need to buy the book, because there's a lot more stories about Pastor Samuel. Yeah, well... All of our secrets are in here. Come on, we got some secrets in there, which which, uh, which I'm, I'm excited about. And, uh, but... Um, One of the things I'll just note in this, when it comes to dating God's way, one of those areas is purity, right? Walking in purity. Now, uh, whether we're talking about marriage or dating, um, you know, we've, everyone in the room has a different story, a different journey, and whether... um, you found yourself having crossed, you know, sexual purity lines or whether you're uh, on a, you know, second marriage or something like that. I want you to just understand that there's grace, there's mercy for everywhere in between in this journey together. But wherever you're at, or starting right now, you can commit to honoring God and submitting to God's word in your relationships from this point forward, right? And when you do, you'll start producing something different in your relationships. So I would say like with, with dating biblically, is that it will either, uh, when you like wait till you're married to have sex, it will either, it will either uh, set you up for a really great future uh, marriage relationship, or if you end up feeling like, okay, that isn't the one for you, she's not, he's not the one for you, and you break up, you can break up with a little bit more of a clear conscience, less baggage that you're having to kind of navigate when you move on to another relationship, okay? So just a little thought around dating, but we have a bunch of things here, what to look for, mindsets uh, when you're preparing uh, for dating or in in that dating process, but um, so that'll that'll be good. You'll want to check that out, but why don't we... um, we, we ended with uh, communication, uh, and we're going to jump into safeguard number uh, three in it. Oh, wait, four, five? Or are you going to the beginning? You going to the beginning know. to get started? You're the wait, boss. No, no, start us, uh, start us at the beginning, babe. Real, let's, let's What's talk the about. Beginning? Wait, no. You want to do the covenant? Wow. No. Actually, Page here's the deal. One is the beginning. Babe. Here's the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a little funny story uh, around communication. Okay, so we hit that more last week, but I we ended with it. I want to start with it 
the body slam story. Okay. Okay. Because Do you feel like that's appropriate? I think it's totally appropriate. Okay. We're actually closer together. We're no longer fighting. But yeah. I might actually be mad after this. So yeah, first service, they pushed this, they pushed this far away. All my secrets. Bring us close. In general, let's talk about communication. It's one of those yeah. big areas. Everyone's like, okay, how do we communicate better? Um, so what were some of the, I'm, I'm going to get to the body slam story, but okay. let's, what were some of the kind of journey that we've walked in learning how to better communicate together? Yeah, obviously, I don't know about you, but my upbringing did not actually set me up well for learning how to communicate well in any setting. Um, I was raised in Minnesota. Um, it's the land of the passive-aggressive uh, form of communication, which is always very effective if you have tried it. You sweep everything under the rug. <laughs> you don't ever say actually what you're thinking. Um, and so that was kind of like my model actually growing up with my parents. Um, they're still married, I think, 50-some years I think they're 51, 52 this year, actually. And so, but having said that, they actually never modeled how to communicate well. So to their their credit, I actually never saw them fight before. Um, they never would get in. My parents never really raised their voices at each other. They would always pride themselves of going in the back room to the bedroom and having the conversation. But that actually never allowed me to learn how to communicate with my husband. So like, what do I do? Because right now I'm really mad at my husband. Now what do I do with that? So my form of communication was passive aggressive. So classic. We were 21, mind you, when we got married, okay? And so I was very, very experienced in life at 21. <laughs> I don't know what our parents were thinking. That was so young. Oh, no. We were, it was oh, perfect. Man. It, was it was perfect. perfect. But we have so many stories. I love it. I love getting married young. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. If you, find, if you find the right one, get married young. Go I agree. For it. I agree. Um, we did start humble beginnings. We had no couch for months and months. Then yeah. somebody We had a rubber-made a, like, uh, tub that we set our TV on. Our entertainment you know I mean? center. Yeah, it was great. We had a bunch of gift cards from our wedding from Target. Instead of buying furniture to sit on, I bought Christmas decorations. Clearly that <laughs> was the better decision. Yeah. You know what? You don't need a couch to sit on. You need Christmas decorations. That's it. Priorities. Very 21 of me. We were figuring life out. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway. And some of those initial like arguments and fights, your reaction would be what? Um, well, actually, I'd be like, I'm fine. I would completely okay, yeah. close down. The fake fine or, word. Yeah. Or I would actually, I would completely shut down most of the time. Yeah. A lot of the silent treatment would happen. I was just yeah. like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't actually know how to, but I don't want to. It's too yeah. painful. As well as when Samuel and I are having a conversation and he's like, babe, let's just talk about this. It's not a big deal. He's not an aggressive person. He's a really nice husband. But I took that Very as nice. just like really intense, really, really challenging to open up and just talk about something because right. with my upbringing came obviously not a model to see what to do when there was a hardship in, in a conversation, but also... Right. Well, here, uh, as you're talking about that, um, to expound on that, one of the things that we had to kind of make that decision when, when we were first learning how to communicate better and, and walk this out, and I would say, you know, what's up? And she would say, I'm fine, nothing's wrong. That never means fine, just so you know. Yeah, which in case you don't know, that's code Spoiler for everything alert. is not fine. And, uh, but what I would have to make a decision, especially if it was like, okay, well, let's go to bed then if you're fine, <laughs> you know. Like, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, a few minutes later, 
sheets get ripped off the bed. She storms out to the living room. Very rash moments. I'm going to turn like, over. I think things aren't fine. So, <laughs> so then I would go out and like They're I had to all make a decision. They've all been there. Yeah, well, I'd have to go. I'd have to make that decision that moment. Am I going to go after her to keep this? You know to dig in, right, and face what's going on, um, or just try to be like, all right, well, that's her issue, you know what I mean, versus going, okay, let's keep fighting this out together, let's keep working through this, and I think one of the things about communication is it just don't stop, keep talking, keep having conversations, keep going there, keep dealing with the things you need to deal with, uh, because when when one or the other maybe is either doing the, the passive pull-away silent treatment or the other one's doing more of the aggressive, intense, like, you know, um, uh, you know, just argument or whatever, whatever your style might be instinctively or family upbringing, the key is to just Let's just keep working on it, right? If you commit to continue learning how to communicate, learning how to go through things together, you will, you will get through that to where, uh, I mean, we're never going to perfectly communicate, but you're going to get to a place where, for the most part, you're able to get on the same page, work through conflicts, you know, problem-solve stuff together, learn how to navigate it in peace. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yes. Is that I right? I don't know where we're, we are in the book because you're the boss, so I'm not no, sure where well, we are. So we, I'm trying to track with you. Le, how but about I, to okay. say that. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, I forgot what I was going to okay, say. Okay, no, let's, let me just tell the body slam story, and then let's oh. move to safeguard number four. Well, I was going to say oh, okay. be committed to growing through the communication. Yes. So I think That's 20 good. years later, I communicate, just so you know. <laughs> uh, we do Very not well. do that. I don't say I'm fine. There no. are moments that I do have struggles, yes, but at the same time, committed to learning how to have good, healthy communication yeah. with my husband, yeah. even when it was difficult, and even when it was countercultural to my, my upbringing, right, of learning a new thing, which is really awkward, but I wasn't always good at this, especially when we were first married, so a lot of times, Samuel and I would be discussing something loudly, yeah. Yeah. not super loudly, but... I would get really intense, and I would just be like, "You can tell the rest of the story what well, you used to do." Well, well, uh, well, you used. Well, one of the things you would say is maybe you shouldn't have married me, but that's that's a different story, and we'd kind of yeah. work through that. But when she was being uh, stubborn, you know, what? Uh, they thought ab- I was so ab- sweet. Yeah, until about now. about. Um, you, you you keep hitting my foot. Are, am I in trouble? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> that's actually accidental. Here, I don't know. It's, I'll scoot over. I try to figure out if there's cues or. <laughs> Because you know I'm going to translate everything that you're signaling for something for later. You know That's what I mean? So, stop talking. Wow. You know, every guy's instinct translation default Glass mode is full. whether you're yelling at me or you're being nice to me. What I think you mean is. I love okay. you. But the body slam story is, is funny because we're in this where I'm like, babe, you need to calm down. Which, of course, is a dangerous thing to say to any female. You know what I mean? But I was like, calm down. And she's like, oh, whatever. And we're like fighting. I was like, babe. If you don't calm down, I will body slam you. She's like, yeah, right. You know you're going to do that. I, I will body slam you into this bed. You need to calm down. You need to stop it. You're out of control, whatever. So whatever. I, like, I will do it. And then finally, I literally did. I lean in. I just grab her up over my shoulder, and I body slammed her in the bed. The nice, comfortable, yes. soft bed. No, why is injured? Non-aggressive, don't call the cops on me kind of way. And... 
I did that, and it broke the ice. She laughed. You know, this is the first time I was, you know, it, it was, she realized, oh, my God, I'm being, you know, whatever, and, you know, let's just chill, and we laughed, and we were able to work through it. It was great, and I'll just tell you that worked about 50% of the time, okay? Uh, the other 50% of the time, that made it way worse, so... Uh, yeah. So body slam at your own risk. Trick. It's a very dangerous move. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it was giggles. Sometimes it was, I'm going to scratch your face off. Yeah. You better run. <laughs> yeah, it could be either way. It could go either way. So that's just, that's just a little no. But okay, let's talk about safeguards. So why do we need, first of all, why do we need safeguards? Because marriage has enemies, right? The enemy wants to mess with your marriage. The enemy wants to destroy it. One of the greatest ways that he can destroy the future is by destroying your marriage, right? Because marriages hold the future in them, right? Kids, children, when, and again, we all have a range of dysfunctional environments or parent scenarios or backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. So God can do amazing things with no matter what your story is. But the truth is that our home environment is the incubator for the future of our city, our state, our nation, our planet, right? And so if he's going to steal, kill, and destroy, one of the greatest things he can do is to break up a marriage, mess with a marriage, sabotage a marriage, create dysfunction in a marriage. So the enemy's going to try to come after it. And then you have natural stuff, just our own human nature, sin natures, or issues that can mess with. And so a safeguard is something that we intentionally set in place to protect and guard and keep our marriage passionate, healthy, strong, and going the distance. So we hit the first few in the first service. We're going to attempt to uh, get the rest of the 12, which may not happen. Um, no, we're on number four, babe. We're on number 12. four. Okay. So safeguard number four, we're going to try to move faster, serving okay. each other. Super good. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or, or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, uh, value others above yourself. Not look into your own interests, but the interests of others. We did a... Um, uh, we did, you know, the panel on Wednesday night with uh, Pastor Matt Michaela, and I talked a little bit about this. Uh, but the more we can focus on serving the needs of the other versus, you know, taking score on how much they are or are not serving uh, my needs, the more you can focus outward instead of inward, the healthier your relationship actually is, right? The, the more everyone gets so focused on, well, you're not doing this, and why aren't you doing this, and how come you want to do this? That's a recipe for disaster and dysfunction in our relationships. I have to start focusing on how do I serve my wife and vice versa. And when we can truly fight for that, easier said than done, okay? Easier said than done. But when we can fight for that, that's when we see health in relationship. Yeah, totally. And one of the things I want to talk about is just learning to how to, obviously, when you marry somebody, you kind of, you kind of know them, but you really don't. Has anybody been married long enough to be like, I don't really, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I thought I knew you, but that's when that work actually and the discovering each other really begins where you're like, wow, what are your actual, what, are, who are you actually? I, I loved you before, but now I live with you. And this is a whole nother level of exploring like how to do this life together and what it means to be a good wife, what it means to be a great husband. And so um, love languages, like I know that's a huge part of it. What is it that 
that communicates love to my husband? What is it that for me in actually serving them and looking for that? Not, and actually not even becoming familiar with the epicness that lives in your house. Can I just say that? Like it's easy to be like, oh, my husband, just remember how infatuated you were when you were dating, how, how you were so enthralled with all the incredible strengths that they had and not to forget so your strength. Is all your strength, saying? babe. You're infatuated with my strength. I'm That's how I translated that you. too. So, <laughs> but then learning how to love them the best, and I know there's so many tools about that out there, and uh, one of them is the love languages, which we we have a love hate relationship with. I think right. of learning, you know, what is it that communicates? Like for you've got your five main, you've got your physical touch, you've got quality time, you've got words of affirmation, gifts acts of service. Those are like the blanket ones. Um, Samuel has his own version of those, of physical time and quality touch. So that's like the (laughs) 2.0. But learning like what means a lot to my husband is that walking by and giving him a squeeze. Um, Is that like, it it actually is. So if you want to love Samuel, give him a hug. (laughs) Yeah. And tell me I'm amazing. And tell him how amazing he is. Words of affirmation. You're so amazing. You're so strong. Yeah. That's another month. Yeah, I'm always like, babe, why don't you like, you know, you know, do that like quality touch or or uh, just walking by a little bit more often. And she's like, it's dangerous. I'm like, babe, come on. I'm not gonna try to, you know. Lies. Okay. Lies. He says it every time, and it never works out well. (laughs) (laughs) What? But I think it's. That's a different chapter. That is. That's skipping That's chapter way 10. ahead. That's chapter 10, which is the only chapter Zach Spear has read yet. So, wow. Uh, so, which, by the way, it's good to have Zach here. Zach and Ashley just had a baby. Oh, my gosh. The Great fact job, that you're Zach. here might mean you and Ashley are in an argument. She might have said, get out. Yeah. Actually, she said, go learn some stuff and come back. So, just kidding. Well done, you guys. Congrats. The same thing. We... Um, uh, Stell's nurse, Ryan and Corey just had their baby. Man, it's We're a baby factory up in here. Let's go. Cha- yeah, it's another chapter. Um, hey, one of the things I wanted to make a note, because I really feel like God, like, Um, teach me this, because when we're communicating, when we're working through things together as couples, it can get frustrating if you don't feel like, especially if you feel like you can't quite figure each other out, especially men uh, to our wives, uh, just men and women in general. Like, I, what I really feel like God showed me is that God made your wife unconquerable, and he designed it that way because, man, we conquer. We go after things. We want to conquer. We want to figure it out. We want to win it. We want to, once we conquer it, then in a sense, we're kind of like, all right, on to the next adventure. But your wife is never, you never get to that place with your wife. I don't know if you've noticed that. The thing you thought unlocked her and you figured her out and you got, you know, and then the next week it's like the combination has completely changed. You know what I mean? And what you thought made, you know, connected no longer does, you know. And at first I thought, well, that's evil. And, uh, and, and then I realized, no, actually that's God's design. God designed your wife for you to be, for the rest of your days here on earth, trying to figure her out. <laughs> and trying Sometimes. to understand what is going on in her beautiful mind, right? And, but actually what that does is it keeps you chasing. It keeps you chasing her. And as long as you don't give up the chase, that's where the problem is, right? As when men, uh, instead of 
leaning into, wow, what a, what a privilege I have to keep discovering the beauty of my wife. They get maybe frustrated or, you know, forget it, I'm sick of, you know, whatever. And they take that approach to it, and that's where men kind of wander off and things get dis- disconnected instead of, hey, keep figuring your wife out. Keep chasing her. Keep going after uh, what makes her happy, what makes her full of joy, what, what makes her come alive, all of those types of things. Keep asking and answering that question for the rest of your life, right? And, and God, I really think God designed it that way. And if you don't like that, take it up with him later on. But Amen. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to that? Safeguard number five, being in community. Uh, important, just talking about church, right, church family, you're in the right place for that. But just as a quick note, this is, you, you need to be surrounding yourself with the right kind of voices that are going to speak life into your relationships, life into your marriage, is going to set you up well. You need people around you to go, knock it off. Stop treating your wife like that or stop treating your husband like that or you are out of control or whatever, right? Like you need people and and that's why too, you gotta be intentional. Okay, who are you surrounding yourself with? Right, and I think it's like the wounds of a friend can be trusted, right? And surrounding yourself with people, like you said, calling you out on your bluff of like, hey, this is not cool how you're interacting. I see how you're treating your wife. I hear how you're speaking to your husband or about your husband. That's not cool or honoring. And so I always look for people who I want to surround my life, my marriage with. I look at the fruit of their life. Like, what am I seeing in their personal life, in their business life, in their marriage, in their kids? Are they happy? Do they have the fruit that I want, actually? And if so, I'm like, oh, dang, I want to hang out with that person because what they have, I want in my life, and I can learn and I can grow, as well as people who are willing to say the hard stuff, too, of like, hey, actually, how you handled that, that was not okay. Like, you need to go back to your husband and say, hey, bro, really sorry about that, <laughs> et cetera. But surrounding yourself with the right people and who you, who you engage with yeah. in the house of God is great. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, that's why being in connect groups and serving on teams is so important because it's not just that every time you're going through something, uh, you need to go to counseling. That, that can be really valuable. We love that. We're huge fans of that. But sometimes you just need to be around other healthy people, right? And that way you can learn. You kind of, okay, wow. If I was them, I would have really reacted and look at the way he handled that or the way she handled that scenario. And you can learn and glean and be coached just by being around the right people. And then sometimes, yeah, you do need to go, hey, we need some professional help up in here. You know what I mean? And really get coaching and marriage counseling. And that's amazing. But most of the work that you're going to get to do is by inviting and putting yourself in atmospheres where you have healthy relationships that you can glean from. Yeah. And you know, early on, I remember one particular time we were going through something and I was misbehaving. I just was being really difficult as a wife. And I remember Samuel out of love actually reached out to one of our friends, our pastors and said like, Hey, can you meet with us? We actually need some help. And so don't ever be too proud when you're walking through something that somebody's going to figure out that you're not perfect. Cause guess what? None of us are. And guess what? We are all trying to figure this out and there is no magic combination. It's all different. There's no actual playbook. (laughs) It's more like it's a unique to you. And so I was so thankful in hindsight. I was, I was not thankful in the 
the moment sitting, it was actually our lead pastors. Do you remember that? You sat me down and I was like, whoa, this is really intense. You totally outed me in front of our lead pastors. And I remember sitting in their kitchen and having this conversation that actually really helped change the trajectory of my attitude and my thought process of how I was behaving. I was just kind of being a pouty wife. Wasn't that the problem? I was just kind of like unhappy. And I remember he was like, I remember. remember. You only remember like sunshine and rainbows with me, right? (laughs) Clearly. Well, you know, I think with that is, you know, don't be afraid or um, don't, don't try to have, you know, this idea that, just the two of you are the sum total best people to always figure things out. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes we joke, it's like, you and me against the world, babe. Like, ah, that's great for movies. Not great in real life. You know what I mean? You want you, me, and some really great people against the world. <laughs> you know, you need voices into your marriage, you know? And don't be afraid, either one of you guys, in a relationship to sort of, you know, you know the who wants to be a millionaire and you can, like, phone a friend or, you know, lifeline. Like, don't be afraid to reach out and get some help into a relationship. And actually, the sooner you do that, the better right? Don't wait till you're in separate beds and the divorce papers are written up before you call somebody. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you, you hit an impasse, it's okay for you guys as a couple to hit barriers and walls. You're like, I just don't, we're not seeing eye to eye. We can't find a solution. Guess what? You're normal, okay? That's okay. But get somebody, uh, you know, on the phone. Get some wisdom. Get some insight, you know? Uh, whether you, they literally are, inner, you know, like running interference in the actual between the two of you guys and navigate something, or whether you're just seeking counsel. Hey, my wife's saying this, and here's where the friction's at. Here's why we can't get through. What do you think, right? Or vice versa. And you want to call people who you know who are advocates of you and your spouse and of marriage in general that are going to be uh, championing you, overcoming stuff, owning your issues, dealing with stuff. Not like, well, man, if they're going to treat you like that, you need to bounce. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need those. Don't phone those people. You know what I mean? Phone the people who are going to help you fight for a healthy marriage. Right. I think be careful who you complain to, right? Because those people actually have the ability to plant a seed into your mind about your spouse, right? So when you are sharing, you know those people who are going to like coddle you in that thought process. And you know the people that you're going to be challenged by maybe in that process. Go to the person who's going to challenge you to not settle and not go, you're right, you should actually do this to your husband. He doesn't, whatever. But make sure that they're giving you good, wise, godly counsel that redirects you to a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship, not the opposite. And don't keep any secrets from your spouse. Can I just say that? Secrets are not cool. Everybody should be telling their spouse everything. There's actually Samuel last night goes, do you have any secrets you haven't told me? (laughs) I thought I'd double check before we got up here and said, don't keep secrets. And I was like, I don't even know. Maybe I took a chocolate out of the pantry the other week and I didn't tell you. Actually, let's tell that story. That's super funny. Uh, So years back, um, you know, it was, you know, some kind of at-home date night. And uh, I, you know, uh, it was before we drank wine, so it was probably just like water. Uh, and, but anyways, uh, so uh, we we're having dinner and cheese and crackers. And, and um, you know, I got some chocolate. And she loves these, like, Dove secrets, like, individually wrapped, like, little 
uh, prom- oh, promises or whatever they're called. Because there's a little promise in every single chocolate. Aww, they're yeah, so cute. That's cute. For girls. Uh, it's really cute. And so, uh, cute. so there's like a bag of them, and maybe there's 20, 30 of them, whatever, in there. And so, but on that night, I just pull out a few. I bought like the whole bag, I just pull about three, four, five, six, and it's like, oh, this is cute, right? Well, I like hid the bag somewhere. Poorly, and, poorly and hit it. Poorly hit it, I guess. And uh, I forgot about it. It was out of sight, out of mind for me. And so then weeks later, we're like at home. Kids like, oh, man, I could go for some chocolate. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I have chocolate hidden away. In this the is- only place that I hide it. I- Okay. I guess I had one secret hiding place that I hid everything. (laughs) And uh, so it wasn't so secret. So I go, oh, babe, wait here. I got some chocolate. So I I stand up. As I walk out of the room, all of a sudden, she is busting up laughing. Because I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Because what he didn't know (laughs) in his poor hiding skills, y'all, because he has one hiding space in this basket where our winter gloves, because we lived in a wintry climate in Seattle, right? We don't need that here. And he goes to, he's so excited to give me these chocolates. And I'm like, I ate the whole bag already. And he's about (laughs) to find me out. So I would like siphon them. And I, I not only siphoned them and ate them, I had the wrappers and I put the wrappers in the empty bag and just left them. I didn't even hide the evidence. So he goes, he's so pumped and I'm like losing my mind because I'm like, oh my gosh, he is gonna find out I ate the whole bag. It wasn't like a little strip of them. It was like a like a bag of them that you get yeah. at like Target, right? Yeah, and the, the whole bag's still there and all the wrappers are inside oh. the bag. He was like, what happened? I was like, you can't, I can't be trusted. (laughs) Clearly. They were so good. Oh, so don't keep secrets. Moral of the story. Um, Anyways. I did that so you could find me out so I didn't have a secret. Thank you. That's good. That's Um, not true. Speaking of, we should have some chocolate this afternoon. All right, safeguard number six, dealing with the past. This is a big one, right? Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, um, depending on our backgrounds, man, we all come to the table with our history. And maybe you've seen some of those illustrations around marriage where it's like, you know, the husband and wife are getting into the bed on the wedding night, but it's like, it's them plus all their luggage, plus family, plus, you know, the, the reality is, when you come to marriage, we're going to come with our history, right? There's no way around that. And it's okay. We all have history. We all have things that we've gone through. But we got to be committed to keep dealing with those things. Yeah, and deal with them head on. You know, like, obviously, sometimes you don't even realize the baggage that you have, right? Like, yeah. it was just normal. Like, for me, it was just normal how I communicated. It was just normal with my family upbringing and, and just all of that stuff. Different experience, whether it was relationships and past things that I had no idea what I was bringing to the table. I brought a lot of good stuff to the table, yes, just yes. so it's been said. Yeah, so it's for the record. <laughs> but yep. we all bring some other stuff, right? And so... Just really tackling those things head on of going like, hey, I really want to deal with this because I don't want this actually to affect my personal life for me, but I don't want that to affect my marriage. So whatever that looks like to turn that rock over and go, hey, we're going to deal with this right now and we're going to go in here and it's a process, but we're committed to the process of growing and communicating and loving each other through the process and the pain of it. And in loving each other, I will say, 
you know, as you're walking through some of this stuff, if you've gone to Vegas and Vegas came home with you, right? Um, so to speak, the, the baggage, love your spouse as they're healing and walking through those things and be proud of them. And so as I've walked through different things, as he's walked through different things, have grace and kindness towards your spouse. Love them and encourage them of like, I'm so proud of you. I know this is so hard right now, but I can see that you're really trying. <laughs> and sometimes we really try and then sometimes we really fail and that's okay too. Like good effort, you know, like, but be their biggest cheerleader to go like, hey, let's let's do this together. Like, not this is your problem. This is now our problem. And we're gonna we're gonna take this head on together, hand in hand, till death do us part. We're gonna walk this out together. Yeah, really good. And, and I think that obviously before you're married, if there's very specific traumas in your life, ideally do your best to navigate those before marriage, right? But we're never going to be able to deal with everything all the time and be all buttoned up, you know, perfect before marriage, right? We're going to come into marriage with stuff, you know, and actually see it as the greatest, one of the greatest gifts you can give to each other is being the safe place to help your spouse heal, right? Whatever it is that they've faced, whatever things that they've carried, you have the privilege of being one of the being the closest confidant to that person and be able to walk them through to the other side of healing, right? And and that's that's going to be a journey, but whatever that you faced, um, God is able to heal it. You don't have to become a victim to your history. You don't have to repeat everything. You don't have to, you also don't have to just settle for it. Well, you know, this is how our family is. We're angry. Uh, this is how our family is. We're whatever. It's like, we don't have to settle in our dysfunction either. So commit to keep growing, commit to helping each other heal and keep leading each other through that process, right? Amen. Amen. Can we talk about safeguard number seven? Because it's let's my favorite, it. even though we have like really oh. cool music behind us. Yeah, let's talk about having fun. Okay, having fun <laughs> and connecting. Anybody else like to have fun? Yeah. Anybody? Anybody like wow. to have fun? Anybody? None of you. That's why I'm wearing my Palm Springs outfit today. That's right. I just forgot that it's out. cold and 40 degrees out. I'm just going, you know, we're going full sand. It's summertime, okay? You know, marriage should be fun. Yep. Right? It should be. It, Katie has helped me a lot with this. I. You are fun. I can be. Uh, I feel welcome. like I feel like Katie makes me fun. She has always led the way in this in our family. I've been more. I can I can go along with the party. I've I've been really bad, honestly, at in until as of late. Have seen the value of fun, right? And being intentional with that within our marriage, within our family, within our kids. I think I probably saw it as kind of. Un unnecessary as a, as a major focus. It's like, oh yeah, you know, get around to fun if you have time rather than seeing it as really Katie has helped me walk, as really more of a glue. It really is more glue. of an essential uh, part of relationship. It's kind of like you have an experience, you do something fresh and new, whether you're going golfing together, you're going to the F1 race cars. Have you, anybody else done that? You go and do the go-karts. They're not like little kid go-karts. They're like legit go-karts. I almost beat axe Samuel. Throwing. Axe throwing. Just doing something out of the norm to get you out of the rut, to open up a different level of communication too. You've shared something, you've done something unique and fun. Sometimes you're like, we'll probably never do that again. I will definitely go axe throwing again. So watch out, I'm pretty good. 
but it does make me nervous for my wife to get too good at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things you Fair. wish you wouldn't get good at. Throwing an axe accurately is one of those. But I think it's about being intentional, right? Like, when you date, like, what do you do? Do you always just sit and chat and talk? No, you go and you do things. You experience things. And so I think bringing that and having intention in our marriage has been so fun for me. And you've learned to have fun. Like, I love jet skis. Like, dude, if there's anything greater, I love jet skis. If you want to go jet ski with me, I will go. It's okay. I'll bring Samuel, too. (laughs) But I like to do fun things, but it's being intentional in our marriage and our life to just have fun. Enjoy enjoy the beautiful things that God has created. Yeah, literally, you know, the Bible says that a a merry heart or a cheerful heart is like medicine. It's like good medicine, right? It literally brings life to us, right? So, you know, I think men and women, maybe stereotypically, the the man's more task-focused. But however your you know, dynamic is as a couple, just realize, elevate the the value of fun together as a more important thing than maybe you thought it was, right? As not a leftover if we get a chance to, but actually much more of a driving part. And so I, I used to, honestly, I really used to downplay Katie's desire to like, hey, we need a break. We need to relax. I'm like, come on. We're sold out for the cause. We don't need no breaks. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially as a pastor, it was just like, come on. You know, if we're if we're if we're relaxing, the devil's working. You know what I mean? And uh, we need to be all in. And I was like, and I just want to have fun all day, like, every I just day. Have fun. I was like, wow, that's super <laughs> carnal. Well, you know you're you know you're getting religious so if you start using words that you'd never use otherwise. You know what well, I mean? Like carnal. Like who uses that? You like, did. I do did and uh i think i one time called i i've said a few things you called me covetous once oh covetous i was like whoa only because she like wanted to like enjoy her life and i was still stuck (laughs) in poverty and it was just it was bad it was bad she like wanted something nice i I was like like, guacamole or something with my chips what no i'm just kidding (laughs) it was not that oh god i was like please let it have been (laughs) bigger than that oh no, I wasn't. But it was close. Uh, I tell you what, um, uh, learning to have fun. So now it's like, okay, we're looking at our year. We're going, okay, when are we vacationing many times this year, right? Uh, at least quarterly. We're doing something. Monthly, we're finding ways to get away, do different little things. And and, and I used to think it was like annoying. Now I've learned uh, when I'm on vacation, I'm planning the next vacation. You know what I mean? Because that would be Katie saying like, where are we going to do next? I love this. I'd always be like, whoa, let us finish this vacation. You know what I mean? Like calm down, you know? And now I'm just like, now I love it. I'm in it. It's like, okay, when's, when are we having fun next? When are we, because I think long-term, if we're going to go the distance for our entire life to our last breath together, having a passionate, fun marriage and not just roommates, not just you know, staying together. But if we're going to go the distance together, it's going to be because we learned rhythm. It's because we learned how to, you know, work hard and play hard because we understood rest and Sabbath and all of those things that fuel our relationship. So uh, have fun. And if you haven't had fun in a while, you haven't laughed in a while, 
okay? No shame, but plan for fun this week, okay? What are you going to do that's out of the norm, that isn't just, all right, next movie on Netflix, you know, uh, pizza and a movie again? Okay, listen, actually, I love that? watching movies. I actually love watching movies, okay? The way I'm more saying that be- heart. Yeah, pizza and movies. Yeah, pizza, honestly, that is, I love it. I do love pizza and movies. And that is a great date night. I will say, like, that is a great date night. And having a date and a vacation and a trip and having fun doesn't have to be like this extreme experience every time. It's just being intentional because we have weeks and seasons where we have, I mean, our date and our intentionality is grabbing a coffee for 45 minutes. Maybe it's doing a date night and we lock our kids in the house who are old enough, mind you, they're 11 and 13. And we go in the backyard with our favorite bottle of wine. We put a fire in the fireplace, bring our favorite takeout. And we say, kids, you're not allowed out here. We're having a date night, right? And so just being intentional of whatever that looks like. And I will tell you that that is a huge unlocking factor of just getting out of the mundane of doing life and rhythm of roommates and living together and blah, right? Like do something different buy try a new restaurant you know if you have little kids I know that's a unique season too you're tired so you're like well what are we gonna do or babysitters or budgets or whatever or schedules with work try to find what works for you guys so we have a variety of things we go to Palm Desert a lot we go travel with friends a lot we date in our backyard a lot we do a lot of coffee shops we do a lot of car rides I make him um, drive along with me a lot of places because that equals conversation and it's kind of fun for me to have my husband along in the ride chauffeuring me around (laughs) Um, but I think it's just cultivating that friendship and relationship in the little things, which actually are the big things. It creates a friendship and a relationship and a fun that does create a glue for you guys. Really good. Well, we've run out of time. Here are the other safeguards. Um, Thinking and speaking life, planning for purity, having great sex, which is a great chapter. Highly recommend. Uh, In the chapter, I literally say, hey, man, I know you jumped to this chapter. Please go back and read the rest of it. Wow. (laughs) And I, (laughs) also women, if you just want to jump to that chapter, that's probably all you really need. But for men, read the entire book, please. Okay. I would say men start at... Okay, Kenny's got other recommendations. And then the sex will be a byproduct. Hey, <laughs> let's go. Actually, that that is very true. That is very... Wait, which, which chapter did you say? I just made it up. Oh, you just made it up. Okay. I kind of meshed a few together of being intentional, dating, having fun, yep. um, dealing with your past, all of those things forges the way and a communication and fun between you guys where then that part yeah. is a lot more fun yeah. and natural. Yeah, you know, um, not, we won't go way into that, but you can, you can read it. But I um, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, all my books so far, I've never experienced this before. But uh, when, when I'm publishing and it's on Amazon, it asks a question, is there adult content in your book? And I'm like, well, I guess I do talk about sex. So I guess, yeah. So I had to check yes. Well, it blurs it out when you buy it. Like, it's not sure what's on the cover, but it's just that I have one chapter in there where I talk about it. So I'm like, well, I guess I have to say yes to that. But it's really funny when you buy this book, it blurs it out because it's trying to protect your privacy. But anyways, so I just think that's kind of funny. Uh, but I, I will say that 
honestly, in, in the area of intimacy in our relationship, in some of the beginning seasons where there, there was some challenge there, I really, I was like, man, do you need like, you know, supplements? Like, what's wrong? Like, what, where's, where's like, why isn't there as much of a sex drive as I would, I would, I would want? Well, I mean, that's, that may not ever happen. But anyways, uh, the, the, um, but I realized it was just me being a really sucky husband <laughs> because we, we were learning how to communicate. We were learning how to connect better. Uh, and what I found that the less I focused on that, uh, the side of intimacy and, and our sexual relationship and just focus on loving well, serving well, creating fun, creating moments, all of that, then that side of life just literally shifted. And it was way easier, like I said, more natural and more fun and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think for our relationship, especially as men, obviously that can be a big driver in our mind in in our marriages, focus less on that <laughs> and more on loving your wife well, serving her really, really well. And when you do that, it will unlock uh, your relationship. But again, the combination changes every day. So that's, that's also a note uh, in there as well. But one of the safeguards that we'll end with and we'll stand and let's, let's stand and pray together. One of the safeguards is forgiving again forgiving again. In, in relationships, there's going to be good days and bad days, and there's going to be times when your wife or your husband treats you really well, and sometimes when they hurt you, and, and, and there can be areas of pain. Uh, it can be areas of pain or, or dysfunction or hurt, from little things to major infidelities and, and things that really rock a relationship in a really painful, painful way. And those are real, and those are tough, and those are difficult, but by God's grace, right, you guys can forgive, you guys can rise, you guys can fight through some of those things, and there can be healing, and there can be restoration, and there can be uh, beautiful, incredible marriage on the inside of it. But whether it's big things, little things, keep forgiving. Keep showing grace to each other. Keep, uh, keep extending mercy towards each other, right? As we do that, we're going to find that um, forgiveness, you know, a little bit like in a vehicle or in a home where there's an air filter and it gets clogged up and it can uh, damage the ability for that engine to run well. Uh, life happens and it can start clogging the filter of our marriage, right? The way that you keep that filter clean, forgiveness and grace. Keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep showing mercy, keep showing kindness, right? And that will keep purifying that filter so the kind of fresh air of your relationship can flow freely, right? And can flow. So let's pray. If you're if you're married or you're with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or if you're engaged, just hold hands and Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for relationship. We thank you, God, for the gift of marriage, the gift of, uh, of relationship. God, you say it's not good that we're alone. Two are better than one. We know you designed it. You ordained it. Your hand is on marriage. And so we pray your blessing on every marriage in this room, every marriage that's in process, right? Those who are heading towards marriage right now, God, I thank you for your blessing. Uh, on that as, as we're 
taking every new step in relationship and as love is unfolding and, and leading towards that marriage. And for those who, of us who are married now, God, I pray that you give us grace, you give us mercy, let healing flow in and through our marriages. Let grace flow in and through our marriages, we pray. God, I thank you for your blessing, your strength, and your hand on every single one in this room. And God, where there's maybe been real pain and uh, trust broken and things that they've faced together. God, I pray that you would do the healing work that often only you can do in a relationship where you bend, mend the, the broken hearts, you bind up those wounds, you heal uh, those areas of our hearts uh, where there's been pain and, and, and wounding. God, we thank you for healing, bringing us back together again. We thank you, Lord, for just the best marriages, full of fun, full of life, full of uh, just adventures together as we're living out the life you have for us, as we're uh, taking the territory that you've given us to take, as we're stepping into purpose and the calling that you have for us. God, I pray that we would uh, live until death do us part kind of marriage covenants in this house, honoring you, honoring each other, and living the full life that you designed for marriage to be. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen and amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.